What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined with Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, we're going to talk about don't get high on your own supply. (laughs) (laughs) Just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I'm laughing because I've actually never been high before. I don't even know what that would be like. I played the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, we're actually not talking about that kind of supply today. We're talking about some, some... Information that I got from a book that I read called Irresistible by Adam Alter. And in this book, he's talking about an interview that was done with Steve Jobs. And of course, we know that Steve Jobs had created all things Apple, all things I. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we think about something like an iPad, we know that it's one of the best devices to be able to share technology, right? We could do everything on it. There's music, there's pictures, social media, and when he was asked if his kids were allowed to use it or if his kids used an iPad, Steve Jobs said no. And in this book, they, they go into expressive detail. I'll link it down below. And they talk about all these big tech gurus and inventors and how one rule of thumb that seems to be synonymous with all of them is that they don't allow their kids to use the product that they provide. And that should stop and make all of us think. And they go into sharing some additional stats on here. And they say that for every person, there's 1,000 tech wizards that are trying to get you addicted. 1,000 versus just you. That's a crazy number when you think about it. Because the the goal, and we've seen a lot of people that are like, I'm air quoting here, exposed from Silicon Valley who talk about Facebook and talk about Google and like all of these these different big tech companies and just how deep this actually goes when it comes to the amount of money and effort. It doesn't go into the product. It actually goes into these, you know, we can go into the same thing, these mind-altering ways to be able to subconsciously and consciously get you to be addicted to not only their product, but then everything else on the product, whether it's down to the tone that they use for that that standard text message sound or the aesthetics, the way that the buttons, the fake buttons feel when you touch them or don't touch them, even the the button aspect. That was one reason why these smartphones, iPhones in particular, took off the way that they did versus having something like a BlackBerry, let's say. They did studies that people actually liked and preferred having this flat screen button technology because it was so futuristic versus having like a real press button, right? Could you imagine back in the day those What's it called? A rotary phone? Rotary phones, yeah. <laughs> we had one of those one time in my life. I remember mm-hmm. it was this weird, like, mint green color, which was so retro in the kind of thing, now that I'm thinking about it, that is more popular now. Like, how cool would it be to have something like that? I'm surprised your dad doesn't still have it somewhere in the house. <laughs> I, like. know. <laughs> I know. You, you want to know why? I only remember my mom and dad ever arguing, like, hardcore, I got scared as a child, arguing one time. And... Our bedrooms are in the back of my dad's house. You walk in and there's this giant long hallway and then there's bedrooms on either side of each wall of the hallway. And I remember them arguing so loudly that it woke us up. And I didn't share a room with the boys, but I knew that they too were awake. And 
I don't know why we all slept with our bedroom doors open, but I remember that. And only the kitchen light was on down the hallway. So it was dark apart from that. And all of a sudden I hear this loud noise. And evidently my mom had taken that rotary phone, which if you're not familiar, they probably weigh a good 15, 20 pounds. And she chucks it down the hallway and you just hear that there's like a dinging. There's some kind of bell inside Mm -hmm. of those because that's how the phone rings. And so you can hear that dinging down, like like going down the hallway as she chucked it down the hallway. So I think the next day my dad had to repair the wall and that was the last that I ever saw of that. Then you got a cordless phone. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, probably. But, um, just could you imagine like we would never be addicted to technology like that although it would be like those poppers or fidget spinners where it's so fun just to sit there and Mm -hmm. screw around with that circle and it goes to show that times have really changed and in such a small amount of time as it pertains to our habitual behavior and the cravings that we've had in the past couple of months we've seen somebody had posted that you know, to relate to what it feels like to be a drug addict and to understand what it is to come off of it and to have withdrawals is the same as you taking your cell phone and going and hiding it somewhere or having somebody else hide your cell phone from you. And then that sensation that you get every time you feel the urge to look at your phone or I need my phone like that just compulsive behavior. And I think that was a great analogy. I've never been addicted to to drugs, but I would imagine that that could be very similar to the type of just instinctual behavior that we have when it comes to our technology. So having somebody who was an addict relate it to that because they know what both of them are like, that should go to tell us that this type of behavior and the type of investment to have a 1,000 to 1 ratio against you, we really need to make some big changes in our life. Otherwise, we're, we're again being subservient to the master and allowing this technology to control us. Yeah, it's as you're speaking on this, I'm thinking we each need our individual Faraday bags that we can just put our phone in, you seal it, and you just hide it somewhere. So, because you don't get any alerts, it's all sealed. Like you can't, you can't look at your phone. You can't get any alerts on it, and it's just there. People can still message you and call you, but you won't hear any of those alerts until after you take it out and it updates. And we're we have. As a society, I see us, we have such addictive personalities, especially with technology, that it's spinning us to be so reliant on on our devices that we cannot function without them. And and even on the on the other end is you can't go to businesses anymore without having some type of technology, it seems like, because if you don't have it, you're not able to pay or you're not able to create an account or to whatever it may be to where you're, it's almost mandatory for you to have it to do this stuff. I know people who don't even carry wallets anymore because they just use their phone for everything. To me, that's I can't do that. I need to have the physical cards or cash or whatever it may be to pay for this merchandise or whatnot. But it's something that I'm seeing more and more is like, oh, well, I don't have my car. I hope they take Apple Pay because if not, then I can't eat. (laughs) I'm like, well, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we we can look at everything, whatever, wherever you're at right now, look inside of your car, look at the kitchen or the room that you're in. 
Every single object that you see, it only has meaning because we've given it that meaning. So here I have a pen in my hand. This is only a pen because I have learned that this is a pen. So it's the same, the same contributing factors. That phone are all the things that we think it is. That computer is everything that we think it is because we've given it that meaning. And the coach that I'm learning under in my heroic coaching training, he actually doesn't have a cell phone. He owns a cell phone, but he has that cell phone in like a shoebox in his closet that like he doesn't even remember the last time that he's touched it. And that might sound absurd. Like, how could you do that? And his wife has a cell phone. So if there's something important, like he was purchasing a house and he needed to e-sign something. So he gave the email address to his of his wife and he had to go on his wife's phone to e-sign those pertinent documents. But for him, he has <clears throat> retrained himself to where it's not it, it doesn't have that same meaning. He had to untrain and unlearn all of those bad habits. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's all that it really is. We have such bad habits when it comes to our technology, some better than others and some worse than others. And the way that you're easy, easily able to identify that is by going out to dinner with somebody and seeing how many times they have that fucking phone in their hand when mm-hmm. you're trying to enjoy real life with them. We see it all the time. We're sitting at dinner and, and Ashley are really, and I are really good about not pulling out our phones and being on them while we're connecting in a meal or connecting in, in that moment. And you look around and you see people on dates, on married couples, and both of them are just sitting, staring at their phones while they're sitting across from each other. And it's just like, wow, this is just crazy. Yeah. And we've studied and observed people like that on purpose. And there have been times where we will be sitting at a table for an hour or over an hour and they will not have had a single, a single word exchange to one another during that entire time. And it's a really sad place to be. I don't envy people like that. And it's also very easy for us to not realize that we too are those people. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. And if you have, please do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below, and take our advice. Please (laughs) do not get high on your own supply.